Well, our theme for this month is times of refreshing. Look at your neighbor and say, you look like you need some refreshing. You. <laughs> times of refreshing. This is all in Acts chapter 3 verse 19. And I'm reading in the middle of the, the verse. It reads verse 19. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. The NIV says, repent then and turn to God that your sins may be wiped out and times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Somebody say, times of refreshing, times of refreshing may, come may come from the presence of the Lord. The, the, the Weymouth translation says that there may come seasons of revival from the Lord. Times or seasons, they all come from the presence of the Lord. So that it says times, plural, or seasons, plural, gives an indication and a suggestion that these seasons or these times will come more than once. All of us at a point, we need a refreshing. Call it a renewal. Call it a visitation. Call it a revival. That's the key to stay on serving God in your life. Many people get to a point in their life I can say because quarterling, like you just go amaraba pancha. You know what I'm saying? Eh? The, the people get to a point where they kind of run out of steam, and one of the reasons people run out of steam is that they don't understand the principle of renewal and freshness and newness. You see, if you continue doing certain things for a long time, it's easy to start being mechanical. And to do it and not no longer feel what you're doing. You know, if you've ever been to any place for the first time, you notice everything. If you've ever visited any place. Am I, am I talking to people who are alive here? Yeah. Yeah. Do, do you people say amen when somebody's speaking in Cape Town? Or have you changed your mind? All right, yeah. If you've ever visited any place for the first time, you notice everything. Everything. But you know, in the process of time, one gets so accustomed that you can just do something on autopilot. It's almost like, you know, I don't know if you're like me. I'm, I've never been one who's very good in remembering the names of the streets. You see, I was raised in Soweto. Because <laughs> Soweto, there were no street names. You must just know where you're going. That's all. <laughs> do you understand what I'm saying? You must just know where you're going. And, and your landmarks would be a tree or a greenhouse or a whatever, or a scrap car on the side of the road. Am I, am I talking to people here? Who are here? So that might be your, 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 your antenna, the way you navigate your way around. And my uh, go away if they cut the tree. Because the day they cut the tree, you may not know the direction. So I have that problem that when, I, when they teach me, maybe they give me directions to a place and they give me the street names, I'll use it for the first few times. Once I know... Why must, I, why must I know the street? I just know where I'm going. So the problem with that is that you get to your venue on autopilot. So you'll find that what I used to note back then, the tree, the house, the whatever, in the process of time, I don't see it anymore. And this is the same thing with serving God. You know, I've been a pastor for 34 years now. You know, I've preached so many sermons. I've stood in front of so many people. 
You know, I've been to so many places that it's very easy just to whip up your professionalism and go on autopilot. And when you do that, when it comes to God, you lose the deep work of the Holy Spirit in your heart. See, and I know, you know, we can be Christians for years and, you know, sing certain songs and never even hear what we are saying anymore. But you see, when you're coming for the first time and you're hearing a song for the first time, even the words make sense. Even the words carry meaning. Are you there, Bazalana? So we need times of refreshing. We need God to renew us or to refresh us. Or otherwise, we start doing what you're doing from autopilot. We start doing what you're doing as a matter of just, uh, uh, we are used to it. It's just a process. Everybody engaged Moyona, Sailor Fashion, fella, and there's no emotion at all. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, the prophet says something that is very powerful there. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. Maybe let me go back. Verse 29. He says, He giveth power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint. How many of you know young people, you are also growing up? I was laughing this morning when I was traveling and we were coming here. And I was asking him about something. Are you going to do this? He says, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm old now. It's not too long ago when he used to be in our youth group. Yeah, it's not long ago when I or the skinny jean, and he was one of our young people. But you know, getting old happens so quick before you realize. You know, some months ago, this is some time last year, I went to Southgate. There's a mall not far from where I stay. And I went to buy something. I don't usually like going to the mall. I'm not very good in shopping, but I had to go this time. And as I went from shop to shop looking for what I was looking for, I was amazed at how the owners of these shops were so irresponsible to leave these children to run these shops for them. That was my impression. And I thought, well, all these shops, I went to this shop, I see all these kids in these shops. So when I got home and I thought, hang on now, no. I actually spoke to several of them. They were in, they, then I noticed, no, these are, these are young people in their 20s. And then it, it occurred to me, these are the people who are actually in the work sector. The thing is, it's not them who are young. It's me who has got to go. <laughs> See, you, you, you don't realize when, you, when you're moving on. Even the youth get old. And in the things of God, if you're not careful, you'll become old and stale and dry. And you will do things just out of habit and never feel anything. You can pray in the spirit and never sense the move of God in your life. You can read the Bible and it never affects you at all. You can go to church and just have a, a notebook full of notes or an iPad full of notes and it never affects your life. We need times of refreshing. I said we need times of refreshing. I said we need times of refreshing. Tell your neighbor you need times of refreshing. Tell your neighbor you need times of refreshing. So then it says, next verse, I love it, verse 31, but they that wait upon the Lord, what will they do? They shall do what? Oh, come on, let me hear you. They will do what? Let me hear you again. They will do what? Now that word wait is an interesting word. 
Literally, it means to intertwine. To intertwine. What it really means is when you spend time in the presence of God and it becomes a life-giving experience like the, the, the simile that Jesus used in the book of Matthew. He said, when you pray, enter into your closet. Literally, in the language then, he said, when you pray, enter into the bridal chamber. To put it in today's language, when you pray, enter into your honeymoon suite. And we know there's only one thing that happens in the honeymoon suite. Not many things. Okay, you can give me that innocent look. It's okay. You can act like you don't know what I'm talking about. It's fine. But when people go on honeymoon, they're not going for a prayer meeting. You all know that there is no fasting at all. There's only one thing on their minds. You can finish the sentence. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for being truthful. And it is through the sexual act, not just enjoyment, but even conception happens. So it is through them, the Bible says, and Adam knew his wife Eve and she conceived. That's what it talks about when Paul says, that I might know him. He's using, uh, it's very explicit language. That I might know him. It's not knowing here. No, no. He's using that actual language. Like a man knows the wife. Oh, yeah. And through that intercourse, conception comes. In other words, when you spend time in the presence of God, conception happens. You conceive vision. You conceive mission. You conceive newness. You know, you know, you know, you know that uh, the, 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 the sex act also makes you feel good. The, the hormones. Uh, I've got a doctor here. Kanadi Dibisang. Tell me, hi, doctor, don't, 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 don't do a disclaimer on me. You know what I'm talking about. Boo, I'm on. Yeah? Yeah, but there's a, there's a good, feel-good hormone that also comes afterwards. Gee, boo. Kulumando. But they'll tell you, eh? Serotonin, yeah. I knew it was serotonin. I wanted you to say it. You know, that's why after the act, people are so nice. How about you don't do these things? How? Huh? Some of you, you sing in the shower. Sing all the way to work. That day at work, you are so nice. Look at your neighbor and say serotonin. Now, this is for married people only, by the way. So don't try. Don't try this if not. But you see, Paul uses that language. When we spend time in the presence of the Lord, there's a newness and a freshness that comes. There's consumption that happens. We conceive vision. We come out of there fresh and new. You know, I've watched men and women who've served God for years and years. There's a freshness about them. Oh, I tell you one thing. There's a newness about them. You know, I was there in Harvest House. Were you there in Harvest House the other week? You, you were there? Okay, so this way you were also there. Oh, Shamayaba. What a shock. Yeah, you know, I was watching Bishop Nyati, you know, and he's, he's just walking there, and Prophetess Sarah, they're just walking there, freshness, and he's praying, hmm. You know how your bishop does it, eh? Hmm. And take sure he's going, Kurangarera in advance. And I just see them. I used to. No, uh, 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 Reinhard Bonke, years ago, I've got a friend who used to work with Reinhard Bonke. He used to work as a pastor, youth, a youth pastor, Pastor uh, uh, James Mukulela. And I mean, Reinhard Bonke, wherever he walked, even the way he walked, 
You know, some of you, when you walk, it's like you don't know what you're doing. You know, Kura, when you walk, what is reason? You tell your neighbor what is reason. I want to explain what that means. It means whatever it means. But there are some people, when they walk, you can see they walk with purpose. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're going somewhere. They, they have no time to waste. I see you as that person who walks with peppers. Yeah, yeah. We're going somewhere. We have no time to waste. We want to account for every moment of our lives. When God brings freshness and newness in your life, my brother, my sister, you'll be like that. But you have a newness and a freshness, and there's something about the presence of God gives you new ideas, new intentions. New passion, new energy. You will outwork anybody who drinks uh, 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 Red Bull. You will, you will, you will, you will outlast anybody on Red Bull. You will, uh, you will be stronger than the young because the source of your strength doesn't lie in in the in the natural. It lies in the spiritual. Yeah, you will have lasting power. You will see the, the, the programs through. You will achieve mission and achieve vision. Even when you get knocked down, you will rise again and walk again because you are renewed by the power of God. Oh, come on, I'm trying to inspire somebody. I say you are renewed by the power of God. But the condition is to wait upon the Lord. Which means this, Barcelona. For any refreshing, there's a condition. For any refreshing, there are certain prerequisites. For any refreshing, we've got to create the conducive environment. You know, really now, you know, the weather's changing, summertime now, okay? So you can tell things are becoming a bit different now. It's springtime, rather, you know? So we, and so if you, if, if you love gardening, you know, when you go and buy plants, they'll tell you these plants, they love the sun. So you've got to plant them either on the west side or the east side, whatever side. You know, you go to water them often, and they will tell you. These ones, you got to put them in the shade. So, in other words, these flowers, for them to be at their best, you got to have the right environment. Can I hear an amen in the house? So, we have to create the right environment for the move of God. Note what it says. It says, they will renew their strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. So, I want us to go back. And go into detail a bit about that environment that we talked about last week when I was doing the introduction. And last week, I threw a lot of meat at you in big chunks. I'm sorry I did that. So we're trying to chew it now. Okay, let's go back on the environment. The environment. The conducive environment for freshness or renewal or revival or visitation. I'll read them all and then we'll go through them. We'll see how far we go. Number one, hunger and thirst. That's number one. Hunger and thirst. It was cold yesterday. Really? I mean, Johannesburg was 33 degrees. Thank you, Doc. It was 33 degrees or 34 degrees. Then I come to Cape Town. It's as cold as ice. And now we wake up this morning, look. Huh? If people can say you have a temperament like Cape Town, it's a huge insult. I tell you. Now we're burning. So it's hunger and thirst. Number two, unity. Unity. 
We are revising. This is from last week. Number three, brokenness. Number four, expectation or waiting or staying with it. Number five, worship and extended prayer. All right. Worship or extended prayer. Now, so let's talk about this. These are the conducive environments. You know, I heard one speaker say this, and I, and I love the way he said it. He said, if you want something, or, or let me rephrase. He wanted his grandchildren to visit his house often. That was his desire. So he said, I had learned a principle that if you want something often, create the environment that attracts it. So what he did was he put on a permanent basis jumping castles and all kinds of children things at his house. So the grandchildren would haunt their parents to go visit grandpa. Are you understand what I'm saying? Now, very often many people want things, but they just can't figure out the environment. They, they want to move forward in life, but they don't know what they must do. So they keep doing the wrong things, and you can see if you know that with what they're doing, no matter how hard they work, no matter how hard they pray, no matter how much they fast, no matter how much they bind the devil, they'll never get their results. So when it comes to times of refreshing, there are things that when we do them, things that when we focus on them, we will move into times of refreshing. Now, of course, those times of refreshing, you cannot tell whether is it two weeks' time or three weeks' time. Marayonaitat. And these principles, you don't have to apply all of them, any of them, but you've got to apply them constantly. Let's talk about hunger and thirst. Let's go to John chapter 7, verse 37. John chapter 7, verse 37. Can I hear an amen? amen. Can I hear a good Cape Townian amen? amen? Genesis 7, 37. It says, or oh, at least you are alive. I got you. <laughs> At least you are alive. John 7, 37. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And he that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living waters. But this spoke he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost had not yet been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Can I hear a good amen? amen. I want to focus on the last part of verse 37. If any man thirst, let him come. If any man thirst, let him come. You know, you can't be thirsty on behalf of someone else. You can't, you can't hunger on behalf of somebody. And the extent of your hunger and the extent of your thirst, it's only you who knows it. Amen. You know, I like children because children are very honest. They're not like us. You know, when children are hungry and say you are, you are going around at a mall and a stranger offers them food. Right? 
How many of you know that those children are going to take that food and the way they eat it, they're not going to be nice about it? You know, when, even when you are hungry. <laughs> you know, sometimes we go to meetings 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock in the afternoon. We've not been home yet. It's been a long time since we had lunch. And then we come to this meeting. There's all these snacks over there and sandwiches. And we're all sitting waiting for the meeting. And someone comes and says, ladies and gentlemen, look, please, it's self-service. And you know you are hungry. Mara, you are too dignified to be truthful about your, the state of your hunger and your thirst. Right. How many of you have realized we just wait for one person to break the ice? One. River overtake. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? Yeah. And you know, that's the problem. We see when Jesus says, if any man thirst, in other words, if you thirst, take it upon yourself. To do something about it. Don't wait for what your neighbor is doing. Don't ask what your neighbor thinks. Don't even care what your neighbor does. You are the one who is thirsty. You go after God. Can I hear an amen? Yeah. Yeah. 1979, I was so thirsty. I wanted to be so filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, I was born again in 1978. And I heard about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And so I went to a camp where I thought they'd pray for us to be filled with the Spirit. I wasn't filled with the Spirit. January came when I met my friends at school. They were telling me more about being filled with the Spirit. We used to meet together and have a prayer meeting and I'd see them pray. I mean, these guys would pray. There were four of us. Figil and Tanzi, uh, then Kenneth Makopo, then another brother called Zueli. Four of us would pray. All three of them were Spirit-filled. I didn't know what the spirit-filled thing is. Now I was from, I'm from a mainline church. I, I used to attend the state church. It's called United Reformed now. Back then it was called Neoderdeskarafaramierdekerke. I mean, really, it was, it was really Africans. Yeah, amen. So I was from that church. So I didn't know anything. We used to read in our theology, but we never practiced any of that. So when I came into a meeting of spirit-filled people, it's always difficult to come into a meeting of spirit-filled people because there's things that spirit-filled people do that don't look so right. <laughs> if you've never been in a spirit-filled meeting, it's really crazy. First of all, these people are speaking this Korean language and I wonder, where did they learn it? How come? I don't know. They are praying in tongues, by the way, just to interpret to you. <laughs> so yeah, they're praying in tongues and, and, they have the, and you know, people who pray in tongues, the problem with people who pray in tongues, the more they pray, the more, it's the more they pray. Yeah. Have you ever been in that meeting? They don't want to stop. Huh? They don't want to stop. And the more they pray, the louder they get. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? So here I am. I'm with them. They are praying. I started praying. Five minutes later, I'd run out of what to say. The only prayer I knew was the Lord's Prayer. Come on, don't look at me like that. Some of you, even the Lord's Prayer, you don't know. <laughs> so I prayed the Lord's Prayer. I, I finished it. They were still praying. I'm from Soweto, you see, I'm multilingual. I prayed it in Zulu. <laughs> when I finished, they were still praying. And I prayed it in Sutu. They were still praying. And then at the end, Kakenka Mohau, Mohau. And they were still praying. And I was so frustrated with these guys. And then one of them, you know, one of them then, all of a sudden he goes, oh, boom, on the floor. You know, I've never seen anybody do that. So, yeah, and I'm thinking, 
God's killed him. Yeah. I mean, he, he was a better Christian than me. You know what I mean? We, we all lived good moral life, but he was a better Christian than me. And I'm thinking, so God, if you, now that you've killed him, guess who's next? I, I, I didn't close my eyes, but I was praying, but I was looking around in case God gets me. Jesus said, watch and pray. Anybody knows what I mean? It was scary. And the frustrating thing is the other two people don't seem to care. They're just praying like everything is normal. So I'm praying, I'm looking at him, I'm looking at them. You know, at the end of that 45 minutes, I'm so scared. Thank God he came back to life. And then as we're talking, then they talk about anointing. Annoy what? Were they annoyed? I didn't see anybody annoyed. Anointing. Then they say the spirit of God was moving. Then they start using all this terminology. Then one day, figure like, we have been kulega. Unkulu unkulu wa kuluma na makare. Yo, nunkulu unkulu kuluma na ba. These people. I tell you, hey, man, you know, next next, I didn't know Sizulu that much this day. Uti levegelanu elinu lebengi zila. Ki Helen zila oriki. I mean, it was really, it was really a thing. But soon, one thing I could tell about them. They seem to be closer to God than me. They seem to have a power I didn't have. They seem to have a boldness I didn't possess. They seem to speak with more conviction when it came to God. And when they prayed, things happened. And I didn't have any of that. I didn't have any of that. We used to preach at school. When they stood to preach, huh? they are, they are one paragraph was more weightier than my entire sermon. And so I started hungering. See, that's how you hunger and thirst. Hang around people who are ahead of you in that area. Hang around. The pe- See, lots of people don't locate themselves among the right people. That's why we backslide. That's why we end up becoming cold, dead, and dry. That's why we end up not working with God. I mean, even me as a, as a, as a leader in church, I like hanging around uh, Apostle Nyat. The brother is hot. Hey! He prays with vim, vigor, and vitality. Hey! Mm, he says, mm, mm, Jesus. So I look at him and I stand next to him and I go, mm, oh, I feel it. But if you hang around people who say God's not moving, the power of God's not there, you hang around people who are criticizing the move of the Spirit, who are saying everything bad, you're going to be like them. And you'll never have hunger. So if God's talking to you about your life, if God's talking to you about adjusting your spirituality, if you're feeling a hunger or a thirst, don't wait for your neighbor. Can I hear an amen? You know what I did? I decided, oh, I want to be filled with the spirit like these people. I decided, I said, next. So I decided then I'm going to pray when I came back from school to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So I went to my pastor. I asked him to allow me to use the church building. And from March that year, I started praying. I was so hungry. I tell you, I was so thirsty. I pray, God filled me. But you know, when you pray without knowing what you're doing, it doesn't help. Like some people, when they go to the gym, you see them, the way they're handling these things. They don't even know what exercise they're doing. They take a, they take and turn around and say, it's a song. You know, they, they are very sure they're impressing you. But if you know the principles of you don't even know what exercise is that. 
You don't even know what part of body he's training. In fact, he's damaging, he's damaging his elbows. So that's what I was doing for a long time. But then I started, you know, this is the thing with God. Listen to me, Bazalan. Even when you are not on the right path, if you have hunger and thirst, God will finally lead you there. Understanding me? It may take longer for you to get there. But I get there. God's gracious. God is attracted to people. See, if you want your spirituality to go to another level, if you want to start experiencing things about God that you've heard others talk about, but you haven't been experiencing them, if you go after God with hunger and thirst, even if you don't get there that day, you will get there one day. Yeah. You'll get the one. But you see, if you're cold, dead, and dry, you'll move further and further away from God until your coldness and your dryness literally causes you to move away from God fully. As I look through the years, there's many people who were powerful years ago. You meet them years later. They're dead dry. And some of them have become cynical. Yeah. Yeah. Very cynical. People that God used mightily some of them are the ones who led us into the things of God. But now you meet them years later. Why? They never checked their hunger level. On a natural level, if you are hungry and you don't respond to your hunger, and you continually ignore your hunger pangs, you're going to move into a stage where you start uh, being starved. Yeah. You're going to lose strength. You're going to lose energy. You're going to lose muscle density, muscle power, bone density. And the final thing is you'll die. Not because there's anything wrong with you, but you never responded to your hunger. You never responded to your thirst. Spiritually speaking, that people don't respond. See, when God wants to move you to another level, he will bring hunger. You'll start saying, Nami, I want to know what the anointing is. Nami, I want to know what it is to hear the voice of God. Nami, when I pray, I want to sense the power of God. Am I talking to people in the house here? So one day, I, I started reading the book of Acts. I don't know how it happened. God led me there. As I read, I realized how. In the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, they got filled with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 8, they got filled with the Holy Spirit, but hands were laid on them. Acts chapter 10, they got filled with the Spirit as Peter was preaching. Acts chapter 19, they got filled with the Spirit as Paul laid hands on them. You know, and God will meet you at the level of your faith. Yeah. Oh, come on, Bazalon. I said to God one day as I was praying, I said, you know what, God? If they can lay hands on me, I believe I'll be filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So I kept going back to the prayer meeting. At least now, I knew even if he falls, he's not dead, you know? So now I'm in the prayer meeting. And the same guy who used to be a corpse, one day, at the end of one of the prayer services, he then stopped and said to everybody, hey, man, let's lay hands on this guy, man. Let's pray for him. To be filled with the Holy Spirit. You know, I was cool on the outside. I acted like, I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> but Kamakara was saying, yeah! That was the 4th of July, 1979. It was a Wednesday. Go check it in your diary. 4th of July, 1979. I've got that date. Every 4th of July, 1979, I celebrate. They prayed for me. It was a Wednesday. I got filled with the Holy Spirit. Can I hear an amen, Bazala? And since that day to, to, to date, I pray in tongues. I move in the power of the Holy Ghost. Can I hear an amen in the house? Since that day, my life was never the same. It was a few days later, on the 8th of July, 1979, that I was called into the ministry. 
Yeah. 8th of July, 1979. I was 18 years old when God called me to the ministry. But you see, all, all that happened is this, Barcelona. You obey God in one area of hunger and thirst. You respond to God when he moves you into one area. But with God, one door translates into ten other doors. It started with a desire to be filled with the Spirit. I didn't know I'd be called into ministry. I didn't know I would be a pastor one day. I wouldn't be standing here today if it wasn't because of that day. When God gives you hunger, don't ignore the hunger. God gives you a hunger to pray more. God gives you a hunger to live a holy life. God gives you a hunger to serve in the church. God gives you a hunger to walk in the anointing. Jesus says, if any man thirst, let him come. Take the initiative when you come. God will give you the hunger, but God will wait for you to respond and take a step towards him. If any man thirst, let him come. Let him come. So what, it is that, what is it that you are thirsting for and hungering for in the name of Jesus? Can I hear an amen in the house? Can I hear an amen in the house? Now, Basalada, my time is gone. I need to close. We'll preach. Take my time. I'll just do one more, all right? All right. We'll skip unity. You can write it down. We'll skip brokenness. You can write it down. Aisha, skis. I'll end with expectation. Expectation. Now, you know what's the Mamelane, you are as close to God as you determined. Let me say that again. You are as close to God as you determine. In other words, how far you are in your walk with God is not God who sets the standard but you. You know, it's amazing James when he writes, he says, and he's writing to Christians, not to people who are not saved. He says to them, draw near to God. <laughs> Just show us that verse on the screen. Draw near to God. That should be in James 4. Draw near to God. And what will he do? He will draw near to you. Now, 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 now. What's that now? Draw near to God and he will do what? Let me hear you. Draw near to God and he will do what? Now, now here's the question. Who is the one to take the first initiative? All right, yeah. So let's, let's turn it around. Let's turn it around. If you don't draw near to God, He will not draw near to you. Isn't it strange? Oftentimes we, we leave the burden on God. You see, how deep you are spiritually, how founded you are in the things of God, how much you flow in the power of God, huh? it's not God who's determined it, it's you. Tell your quiet neighbor, neighbor, it's you. Tell your other neighbor, it's you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. So in other words, God waits for me to say, you know what, God? I want to know you more. I want to know you stronger. I want to know you much more deeper. Now, so our level of expectation determines whether we moved into these times of refreshing and renewal. Let's go to Luke chapter 2, Bazalana. It's an amazing text. 
I tell you, this text, when I preach from it, I see so much in it all the time. Luke chapter 2. Verse 21. When eight days were accomplished for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus. Which was to be named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. So Jesus was circumcised. Now, you remember under the law of Moses, every firstborn male child was declared holy to the Lord. You know the, you know the principle of tithing? Or better still called first fruit. Involved everything. Didn't just have to do with money. So every firstborn male child was to be dedicated as holy to the Lord and they were to work for God. That's how it worked. All right. So the parents of Jesus circumcised him according to the law of Moses at eight days and now they are bringing him to the temple to go through that ceremony here as they call it the purification. So they bring him to the temple to go through that whole ceremony. I won't go into that. Are you there? Yes. Can you ask your neighbor if they're there? Just ask them, are they? Are you there? <laughs> All right. Verse 22. When the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, which is Mary, were accomplished, they brought Jesus to Jerusalem to do what? To present him to the Lord. He's a first male child. He must be what? Presented to the Lord. He is what? Holy to the Lord. He is what? The first fruit. The same way your tithe is to be presented to the Lord. Look at your neighbor. Yeah. Tell your neighbor. To be presented to the Lord, verse 23, as it's written in the law of the Lord, every male, there we go, that opens the womb shall be called what? Holy to the Lord. You got it there, ne? All right. Now, and to offer a sacrifice according to what which had been said in the law, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now, verse 25, unbelievable. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. Ne? The same man was a just man, a devout man, note, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. Let's pause. Remember, the Jews were expecting or waiting for the Messiah. Are you there, Vazalanane? Are you there? I can a step by step on this. They were, they were, they were, they were waiting, they were expecting. They had received a prophecy. Listen to me, Basalan. That God has spoken prophetically over your life. Doesn't mean what he said will just happen if you don't learn to watch the spiritual climate. Very often things are said over people and they become very indifferent. What they don't understand is that our prophecies, every prophecy is conditional. God had told the children of Israel, a savior will be born. A son will be born. The government shall be upon his shoulders. Of the increase of this, his government, there shall be no end. So what this man Simeon did was, 
He was expecting. But I want you to see when it says he was expecting or he was waiting, that constitutes the waiting and the expecting. See, many times people say, I'm waiting for God to do something. Really? Yeah, God prophesied, God spoke in my life. I'm waiting for him to do. Let me show you how you must wait. Are you there? Look at them and say, ask them, are you there? Note, verse 26. It was revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 27. And he came by the Spirit into the temple when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the Lord. Watch what's going This is a coincidence orchestrated by God. See, so because see, you see, in times of refreshing, you will bump into God coincidences. Things that God is involved in, Mara, it's not obvious to you that God is involved, but God's involved in it. You'll just go somewhere, you meet somebody, through somebody, via somebody, because of somebody, but you don't know, via somebody, through somebody, God is involved in all of that. Can I hear an amen? He comes to the temple, at the same time when Jesus said, now, if you go back, you'll find that this man, Simeon, would come to the temple, highly waiting, he would do what Isaiah did, intertwine himself with the Lord. Amen. That kind of waiting, what does it mean? It's not like waiting for a bus. It's when you come into the temple and pray in expectation for the fulfillment of the promise. Ah, come on, you're not hearing what I'm saying. So, so Simeon would come into the temple and continue praying. Every day he's praying. But in his heart he's also expecting that the Messiah would be born. Ah. So here he is. He's been praying for many years. Many years. It's many years. So one day Uko Haye. And as Uko Haye, the Holy Spirit says, go to the temple. He just senses an edge. He just senses a desire just to go to the church to pray. There is no big announcement from an angel. There is no fire. There's no lightning. It is just an inward push that comes from the Holy Spirit to pray longer, to stay longer, to serve longer. So he responds. He, he gets up, go higher, and he comes to the temple. Remember, he only has a desire to go and pray, not realizing that that small desire, it was God working on the inside of him. And when he comes into the temple, it's the same time Jesus comes in. It's a divinely orchestrated coincidence. I see that coming to pass in your life in Jesus' name. See, when you, when you wait in the presence of the Lord, you will go further in your life. You will do in one day what will take other people one year to do in the name of Jesus. Oh yeah. I never used to understand the scriptures when, when the scripture says, may the Lord multiply you a thousand times. I didn't understand. What do you mean multiply me a thousand times? I'm still the same person. No, 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 no. Mamela, mamela. The same individual. The same person. God can do 10 times more through you in the same amount of time that in the past you needed 10 days to do the same thing that you do in one day. But the key is to have timing. 
When you wait in the presence of the Lord, God shows you to make decisions at the right time and you bump into divine coincidences. It's called times of refreshing. Kairos moment. Some people are struggling to make things work. Some of you, you're pushing with everything. Nothing's working. All you need, my dear, is to learn to wait in the presence of the Lord. In prayer. In worship. And God will guide you. And as he guides you, he guides you to the right person at the right time for the right reasons. In the, am, I, am, I, am, I, am I talking to people? Even if other people have overtaken you and they are ahead of you, when you bump into God's coincidence, you will overtake them much more than when they were. Yeah. So, here is Simeon. He comes to the temple at the right time when Jesus is coming. It's a divinely orchestrated coincidence. May you have those coincidences in your life. I said, may you have those coincidences in your life. May your day of struggle and labor be done away with in the name of Jesus. Let's finish this. Comes into the temple and Simeon is there. What verse are we on now? Verse 27. And he came by the spirit into the temple. Note. Hey. And when the parents brought the child, to do for him according to the custom of the law. He took him in his arms. And blessed God. And says verse 29. Now Lord let your servant depart in peace. According to your word. For my eyes have seen. Thy salvation which was prepared for the people. Then he starts prophesying verse 32. A light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother. Marvel, Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which he said, and Simeon blessed them, and said unto Mary, his mother, behold, this child is set for the falling, and he starts prophesying. Now, note, Bazalan, here's the interesting thing. <laughs> hey. Here's Simeon in the temple. He's not the only person in the temple. There were other people in the temple. <laughs> Mara, this one who's been waiting, is looking at a, an incident of parents bringing a child into the temple. Those who are not waiting, who have not been praying, who have not been waiting, they see the, an ordinary child. It's an ordinary moment. They don't see the potential miracle in the ordinary that is around them. Simeon looks at the same child, but with another child, he realizes this is no ordinary child. Let me share with you something. I've seen people who don't know how to make things work when they're surrounded by answers. Actually, I, I, I took the magazine from the flight as I came. It was written free copy, so I didn't steal. <laughs> I was reading, is it, uh, I think it's, 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 it's in Zambia. Yeah, it's in Zambia where they have a major, major, major work going with flowers where they are farming in flowers and they are sending them all over the world and they have partnership with South African Airways. And I was thinking, if you think of the economy in Zambia, there are so many people struggling, but there are people who are in the flower industry who are killing it. In the same dryness. In the same place where people say things are not working, there are others who are killing it. 
I'm here to tell you, you'll be one of those people who will be making it when everybody. So as he's sitting in the temple, when other people see just an ordinary child, <laughs> he sees the savior of the world. And he gets up and he takes the child and Habuwa, those who are not waiting, they don't understand what he's talking about. But then when you read later, Anna comes. She had been a prayer warrior for more than 40 years and she comes and says the same thing about Jesus. What am I saying as I conclude? When you wait in the presence of the Lord, God will open your eyes to divine coincidences. And God will lead you to a time of refreshing. You see, sometimes people struggle and push in their lives and things don't work. And what they haven't figured out is that sometimes it's not that the devil is against you. It's that you are trying to open a door that God has locked. But because your eyes are not opened, you don't realize that is not the wrong, that's not the correct direction to go to. But once you learn to wait in the presence of God, God will lead you like he led Simeon. God will guide you. You will be led and guided. You know, Kure, Usanahana, unconscious. Let me tell you the story here at the church. Yakokronstata and I close. When we went to the building, this pastor we were with, with his son, spiritual son, they said, when we took them to the church, they said, hey, we know this church. How you know it? Yeah, it was on sale. <laughs> and when we tried to buy it, they told us that a businessman bought it. <laughs> so we couldn't buy it. So we know the church. We had seen that building on some advertisement when we put in the offer. Our offer was accepted. Before we could buy, it was taken from us by this businessman. The same church. But I remember one day we were sitting in our board meeting. Those of you who lead companies, please listen. When you are sitting in these meetings, don't ignore the other member of the board meeting called the Holy Spirit. Now, you don't have to run around and roll on the floor or hang from the chandelier or walk from on the ceiling. You just have to become conscious as you are leading that meeting when there's a moment of inspiration from the Holy Spirit. I remember one day we were sitting in the meeting. My bishop says, Mara, that church in Kronstadt, something come more eerie, we can't leave it. And I said to Helena, something come more eerie, we can't leave it. <laughs> yes, in Tatembogota, he'll tell you. Then we sent, a, we did a, a round robin way of informing them. We're going back to Sosolbeck. And to Kronstadt, we're going to renegotiate for that church. We knew how much this businessman had bought it for. Very little. Very little. And the church is far more worth than that. I'll tell you another interesting story about that. So we said, okay, we'll offer him 200,000 rands more than what he bought it for. And I said, he won't refuse. So Rama Bishop phoned him. So we phoned the brother. The brother said yes. We signed on the dotted line. The rest is history. Now, to think this pastor came to the same church. Same property. To think that his son would need that same church when his lease runs out. None of us knew that. Only Godo.
You see, when you wait in the presence of the Lord, when you wait in the presence of the Lord, when you wait, you see, many people, they live hurried lives. They have no time. Pastor Lan, don't overlook your devotional time when you pray every morning. I'm telling you, that 30 minutes, one hour, it will save you 20 years of misery. That, 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 that 20 minutes, that 10 minutes, that 30 minutes, it will save you millions of rents. I'm telling you. But no, we live hurried lives. You know, we live lives where that are not, as I said, they're not punctuated with God coincidences. That's why, like last week I was showing you, the difference between what they call a chronos life. A chronos life is ordinary life. Life as it follows the succession of moments. This is an ordinary life where you do your thing, you try to make things work in your own strength. A Kronos life has no God encounter. But a Kairos life, a refreshed life, a renewed life, there's pockets of God coming in and just changing everything. You just need one day where God just intervenes in your life and you'll be shocked how far your life can go. And I see you coming, it coming to pass in your life. Give the Lord a big hand of praise, somebody. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father, we are so grateful that times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. And my prayer, Lord, is that these, your children, will move into that season. We are hungering and we are thirsting for you. And we know as we hunger and as we thirst, you'll fill us with your presence. Can you pray in the Holy Spirit just for a while, everybody? Just pray in other tongues. We thank you for your presence and your anointing. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for the flow of your power. Pray in the Holy Ghost, everybody. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Worship the Lord for a while. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Sapra palabaria tola baba. Mambaria labato rebese karamamon de rebese telabada. Let the Lord remove the veil from your eyes. Let the Lord remove all the veil from your eyes. Whatever has been blocking your path, whatever has been blocking your way, whatever has been blocking your destiny, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for a new day. Mama Hayarabu Profol Manatessa Talabarabo Tekelemandos. Ramba Mamre Pele Mariando Rebeketo. Pray, 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 everybody. Pray. Don't allow any tiredness, fatigue. Don't allow anything to hold you back. Mama Mamando Bresakoro de Baba. Oh, Kapariala Bosika Baba. Jamaniana Mamre Patala Barabara Talabarababa Baba. Meme Mendo, Rebeketo, 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 Rebeketo. Father, we are moving away from form. We are moving away from doing things mechanically. We are connecting with the core of who you are. We want freshness and newness. Mama Mankata Brasakara Baba Baba. 
Pray in the Holy Ghost.